0: from the Tie Cats audio network this is the tie cast this week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker
1: welcome to Tie Cats this week I'm the voice of the Tie Cats RJ Broadhead and with me is the color commentator former CFL all-star Luke Tasker game 2 of the season it's the home opener for the Tiger Cats it's exciting uh, Coach Joe is going to be part of the the inductees into the CFL Hall of Fame so he always talks about distractions and everything. You kind of get the feeling that he's, he's so mentally strong. It won't be a distraction, but a tremendous honor for him. Well-deserved. and one for the Tiger Cats, and they take on the one and O Calgary Stampeders, Luke. Now that you've had a few days to to digest what happened last Saturday, are you concerned at all with what you saw from the Tiger Cats a week ago?
0: Uh, no, not concerned uh, and not surprised. It's hard, Like we've said in you know, for, for a week of, uh, content on the Cats audio network, it is hard to go out West and win. And a lot of the fixes in my opinion are just, are just early season sort of, uh, get the rust out, get the rust off and, 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 and you know, sort of simple repairs to make for instance, and specifically in the turnovers that, that, uh, that happened out in uh, Saskatchewan. And I think that we'll see an emphasis on that ball security and I expect to see Dane Evans uh, specifically with, uh, you know, the mindset of protecting the football and uh, that'll, that fix alone uh, is, is plenty to change the course of a game. So I think we're going to see, um, you know, a, a much better, more cohesive tie cats in this week too. Uh, you know, some injuries going around and that, that'll, that'll throw some adversity. And so that's sort of the unknown to me is how those are going to affect the, um, uh, the, the course of this game. Uh, but it's, as- well, I'm going
1: to ask you specifically about yeah. some injuries coming yep. up, Luke. So, you know, we
0: don't cover everything right <laughs> Sorry, off I'm the going, top. Here. We're sprinting right through our list here. <laughs> no, but but I, I do think some of the technical uh uh corrections, um some of the misses uh in the in the uh, in the game offensively and and defensively. Uh I think those are the things we're going to see tighten up and and then uh you know, to spe- honestly RJ, I would love to see a productive uh, first quarter. The tight, Ty- the tight cats had such a horrendous start of that game with a near turnover followed by a turnover uh, in their own end. And that yes. is, it's hard. It's hard to claw back into it uh, after that. Um, that's what I'll be watching for uh, tomorrow night.
1: A lot of two and outs. They, they had trouble moving the football, the, the great play to Stephen Dunbar Jr. Just a beautiful yeah. touchdown, perfect pass by Dane. You You touched on it and we think it's easy to just see a football team and see athletes and, and professional players who are supposed to put every distraction behind them and, and go out and play. You talked about the turnovers. Dane had a couple of fumbles, a couple of interceptions. Again, the, the offense didn't seem to be clicking, especially until that Stephen Dunbar play. Trouble running the ball. But you're a father. You have three boys, Luke. Uh, Dane Evans... Congratulations! Uh, he has his first uh, first child, baby girl. But that was the due date was actually the the game day against the Riders. So, like, there was some question of, and we didn't know until after the fact. Dane talked about it in practice that you know he didn't know if he was going to play mm-hmm. in the game. So he he had a lot of other things on his mind, and not to make excuses, but maybe just as a, as a father, Luke, just say, say how tough is that to To go into a game, it's first game of the year. You're about to be a father for the first time in your life. You don't know when that call's coming. Like that—that that was a lot on Dane's plate for game one. Yep,
0: it's a lot, and I'm sure that. And I mean, all, all everyone who's from the outsiders to the to to inside of the locker room, and and certainly in Dane's family is happy just for health and uh, well being in that situation. And yeah, surely that's tough. And I, I remember I can think back to to guys to teammates who had. Um, you know, all sorts of things going on, you know, off the field and, and, and sort of in in privacy that nobody else would ever know about. And sometimes it's something that's happy and sometimes, it's, you know, like the birth of a child, which is equally as stressful. But then there's also times where guys, I remember teammates going through some really hard things, family loss and uh, things going back, you know, some guys in the States having issues that they couldn't, you know, communicate properly or be in touch with their families. And boy, it's every, we're all human and everybody has some, has some off the field things that and that certainly can affect uh uh you know play on the field i remember i remember my wife calling me before practice my in my last season and i'm thinking i knew she had an ultrasound and i'm thinking oh no she knows i'm at practice this can't be good she called me to tell me we were having twins oh yeah And then I, and then which we we neither of us knew about. And then, uh, you know, going on the field. And of course, that's good news, but I was equally as distracted for that practice, I could, I can tell you. Uh, But yeah, I mean, all all sorts of crazy things going on in in life. And uh, uh, just happy that, happy that things have gone well for Dane and his wife
1: absolutely and and think back to that game you know he was he was the player that that spoke to us in the post-game show and basically put everything on his shoulders I you just have to to love Dane Evans he missed a couple of days of practice but he's there everything should be a go for for Saturday for Dane I fully expect to to see much better offense from the Tiger Cats Tim Horton's field will have a a bit of an impact but you look at so many of those those issues they the defense didn't get enough pressure on Cody Fajardo. Eight sacks against, uh, that's way too many. Uh, they have to convert on second downs. Defense has been on the field too long, and that's continued through the preseason as well, where the, def- the time of possession, the opposition has has been able to uh, trump the Tiger Cats in every game, including the preseason. So much to to work on, and now you have – a couple of injuries on the offensive line and Brandon Revenberg and Chris Van Zyl will be the only two in their regular positions. Tyrone Riley will be at left tackle. First ever CFL game, Travis Vorn call. He seems to be able to move all over that offensive line. He'll be at right guard and Jesse Gibbon moves to center with Alex Fontana injured. So, uh, you know, not protecting the quarterback, only 26 rushing yards, and now these injuries and a lot of changes on the offensive line. What are your feelings with with that situation going into Saturday's it, game?
0: It is going to be – it is a tough one, and it's going to be a question mark and something that you and I will surely have our eyes on and, and be addressing as the game progresses. Um, specific to Gibbons and Fontana, it's, it's that position of center – generally or historically that's sort of the play the call the call maker uh for the offensive line um i remember situations where if there was some adversity there and there was a young guy in um you know one of those veterans like revenberg um at guard or zile although it's tough from the outside at the at the tackle position but those guys can sort of at least help or in some cases take over the the calling of protections and and identifying uh the the, the fronts and the players there um that'll be tough. Um, I would expect m- maybe some simplicity in there. It depends on the trust. Tommy Condell is a guy, you gotta, you gotta, he says you got to put drops into the trust jar and, and you know, you don't, you can't fill it up with a hose. You gotta, it's, it takes time and it takes continued, uh, execution throughout a season and throughout a career to continue to fill up your jar so that, so that you are a trustworthy, uh player and so it's hard for a young guy there's a lot there's a lot of things to learn and and uh hopefully there's some there's some uh ability for guys like Revenberg to to handle some of that workload at the center position it'll be interesting um it, it is a it is a challenge and and the combination in in that week 1 game in Saskatchewan the combination of turning the ball over five times and eight mm-hmm. sacks not a winning recipe. Very, very difficult to win that game, no matter how your defense plays. Uh, so um, you're not going to be perfect, but both of those categories, uh, you know, the tight cats have to see uh, a better stat line in both of those places.
1: So the turnovers and the sacks allowed. Correct me if I'm wrong, but those are
0: fixable issues, aren't they? To me, specifically, I think we mentioned this at the end of the broadcast of the week one. I, those turnovers especially the fumbles in the backfield, those are the fixable errors. You can, it take, it's a very slight correction, even just in the hands of the quarterback to just, and I'm not saying that doesn't fix the sack issue that, but to turn one of those into a sack is a bonus because then you get to punt the ball, right? If you can correct those, I think that is football is it's hard to use the word easy, but that is a manageable fix to make. Now the, the, uh, interceptions a little more complex, right? There's, there's moving pieces there. We are never, we're never, sometimes you can blatantly tell, but a lot of times we're not going to be privy to who actually made the error. A receiver can be responsible for, for a, for a, for an interception. When it comes down to it, it's the quarterbacks that get blamed. And I'm talking inside the locker room too. They kind of, that's sort of the, the demeanor of a football player, you know, like you, you put it on yourself but we can be responsible we meaning receivers i still put myself in that we category rj you might come back you're
1: still young enough you could do it
0: so we can also be responsible for uh uh interceptions and and all, all all that to say it's a little bit more complex but still fixable so that's that goes into that category in that uh in the sa- in the sacks in the in the sacks against Tons of moving pieces, and like, and that is one of those places. You, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be perfect all the time, right? You, you know, it's great. To, it's great if you can go zero sacks in a game. It's, it's rarely going to happen. Um, you just, you're trying to limit. You're trying to uh, eliminate as many of those as you can. And sometimes it's as simple as a guy taking that first step in the wrong direction off the line. And sometimes it's a little bit more complex. You can actually, You can lose a one-on-one battle without making a mental error.
1: Looking at uh, some of the statistics going into this game, uh, Tiger Cats fans should not be concerned with with the Game 1 loss. Historically, over the last, I don't know, 17 years, Tiger Cats are 2-15 and 15 or something like that in, in first game. So, And they've been excellent in the second half of the yeah. season. So uh, a Game 1 loss, it, it's, it's a, a learning opportunity. You can watch a lot of the... Coach O comments and the players on Ticats.ca, but there's zero panic from the team. Rough Riders played a good game. Their defense was was fantastic. So it, it's, it's one of those where I think the Tiger Cats will learn a lot. Uh, another topic that seems to not really go away are these fourth quarters for the Tiger Cats. They were within two points of the Rough Riders, and then the Riders got those two touchdowns in 20 seconds, which might be a record. I think the CFL statisticians are looking into that to to see if it is by one team for two fastest touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So let's hope it's not. Ticats don't need <laughs> to be in the record book on that one. But uh, the, uh, the fourth quarter, Riders pulled away and you look at the Calgary Stampeders who are coming to town and they really didn't have much going until the second half. They outscored Montreal in their first game 16-3 to in the second half and 10-3 in the fourth quarter. So it's the absolute mm. reverse—the the, the uh, reverse of what the Tiger Cats are doing in the fourth quarter. Calgary seems to get better. So again, we're we're going to see a test, and the players Tunde Adeleke talked about it. They know that they're having trouble closing out games. How do you change that? It's it it it's a little bit frustrating for players because it it can't be a conditioning thing. Why do you think they? They don't seem to do well in the fourth
0: quarter. I'm hesitant to say it can't be that there may be a part, a part of that, that conditioning. I mean, and we talked, we addressed it last week that I remember, especially in the point parts of your career where you're not playing much, many, much preseason, you're not, you don't have a lot of snaps or a lot of reps preseason four quarters is a long It's a long game and you're can be in great shape in, in terms of your burst and your strength and your kind of what you do in that off season. But but for three hours and four quarters of football is you got to be ready for that. But you know, I, I, I hesitate because I don't want to oversimplify this, but I think, I think it kind of goes back to your, to kind of your, like the best defense is, is a great offense and the great best offense, is a great defense. I, I think it's kind of about stepping on the gas. I think sometimes, and especially last year when we were seeing, when you and I were talking about this throughout the season and in, in, in poor fourth quarters, Um, the CFL is beautiful because of it's a scoring friendly league, right? We've seen timeless times where a pass interference late continues a drive, right? And it's really not even, it's like a 50, 50 ball, if that, but if you draw the fast pass interference, you keep a drive going. Once a team is, once a team is playing three down football, well, it's much easier to get first downs when you're using, all, when you're, when you're not, when you're decided to not punt. And I think there's a bit of that, but it, like last week, it's not that the cats had the lead and that, and Sask was going, you know, was, was throwing caution to the wind and sort of in sort of in hail Mary mode. But I do think the the mindset of, of keeping your, your foot on the gas, being aggressive with play calling, uh, there was a few times where I thought Sask surprised, uh, the tie cats with uh, with a blitz and cover zero that that sort of threw or stalled a drive. And to be fair, it was the other way as well. Mark Washington's defense had a few moments where where you could tell that that Cody Fajardo and his and his uh, offense with with uh, the Rough Riders got stalled by that by by throwing a cover zero at him. Um, I, I, aggressive play. You know, I I think it comes down to it. any time it's such a it's such a it's such an aggressive sport. You have to be so. So crisp in your execution, I think, I think you have to keep that mindset of of go 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 in the fourth quarter, and if you start, if you if you hesitate, if you start to get a little bit of uh you you know sort of sort of that balancing like you, let's not let's just not mess up, man the the the, league, the teams are too teams are too good in this league it's too competitive of a game, uh I think you can really hurt yourself with that mindset.
1: A story back to last year it was late in the year and Dylan Wynn wasn't playing just because, you know, rest up for the playoffs. And I remember talking to the radio team uh, who visited Tim Horton's field and they were saying they were upset that Dylan Wynn wasn't going to play because they were excited mm-hmm. to to see him play. You don't hear that from fans very often about a defensive lineman. Unfortunately, he's going to be out on on Saturday and, and you can't replace um, Dylan Wynn but what impact do you think that's going to have because Bo Levi Mitchell or Jake Mayer, the Calgary quarterbacks you have to get pressure on them and Dylan Wynn is a is a key guy in in getting that pressure on the quarterbacks
0: you know what I think of Dylan Wynn man he is he's yes, my I guy do. and i and i and I love absolutely love the way that he plays, but also the way he approaches the game. He is so healthy for a team, in my opinion, L- locker room pr- before a game, his energy, his attitude, he's, he buys in, but he buys into the city, buys into the, to the culture and to the coaches sort of uh, mentality. The um, g- good thing about that is a lot of those things I just said are, are off the field are, are stuff that he'll still offer. Even uh, as, as uh, uh, having to sit out uh, the game, but it could. Be, but on the field, you're going to feel that loss. You really are. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. You know, you, you do have you do have Ted Laurent that they can kind of use, uh, kind of wherever wherever they want to in there. Um,
1: and Lee Autry is coming in and on the line as well, so he's going to get an exactly.
0: Opportunity. And you've got and you've got. Uh, you know, guys, guys who are going to have to just step up. I mean, anytime you lose one of your, one of your outstanding guys on either side of the ball, uh, you just hope that you can have that next next man mentality, but that, that phrase gets thrown around maybe a little bit more than teams are often prepared for it. Right. I mean, to lose it, to lose one of your best is to lose one of your best. So, uh, I, 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 I doubt that we'll make it through the game without addressing that as well, RJ.
1: Yeah, it's all things we'll be, be keeping an eye on. A couple of Canadian running backs in for the Tiger Cats with Sean Thomas-Erlington, Malik Irons. There will be no Don Jackson. He didn't have a, a great game against the, the Riders, but got a little banged up. So, uh, you know, we'll see if the, the Tiger Cats can can run the ball. There's no doubt West was best in, in week one. Home teams won every game. So the Tiger Cats really haven't lost a, a lot of ground. That's the the silver lining here, that they're still in good shape. It was... A close game until late in the fourth quarter. Calgary coming to Tim Horton's field. Ticats have won the last two meetings against the the Stampeders. Your thoughts
0: going into the game. What are you expecting? I do think we're going to see a Ticat win. I really do. Sometimes I remember in my career coming that, that, feeling of a loss like that being like you know not really even heartbroken just being like oh we were we were we played so bad we were lucky to be in it and I'm thinking back to some offensive performances where it feels like boy that was I'm not even going to feel bad about it. Cause I, cause that's not us. Like, I just know that that's not us. And then it's different than those games where you throw for 380 and you have three, somebody's got th- so three, three players have a receiving touchdown and your defense plays well and you lost. And it's like, man, what else are we supposed to do? Uh, if that doesn't get us a win? Well, that's not, that's not the situation and the, the cats are, are in a place where they can sort of just redefine it, draw a line in the sand and say, that's not the way to be. We know We know what we, what we need to do. We can't turn the ball over. We can't give up eight sacks. Uh, we have to limit the explosive plays, and let's finish this game very, very well. Uh, I think they're, I think they're in a great position uh, to get a win here. The Stampeders, it was a good performance. It was a good home win. Like you said, they, they finished that game very well. And I remember games uh, out in Calgary, specifically. Thinking back, and as I'm thinking back to the to the to the film there with the Alouettes, and that's a hard place to play too. And Calgary Calgary does finish games well at home, but uh, Tim Hortons Field Saturday night it's going to be just it's just going to be a great atmosphere and a great opportunity for the Tiger Cats to get things on track.
1: Yeah, no opposition team looks forward to coming to Tim Hortons Field. Tiger Cats have been so great, fans have been so great. We are looking forward. To the home opener on Saturday. Kickoff is at six thirty Eastern time. Luke and I will have the call. Calgary Stan Tim Hortons Field to take on the Tiger Cats. Will it be win number one of many for the Tiger Cats? We'll find out in a, a little while. We'll talk to you on Saturday game time across the TI Cats Audio Network.
0: It's been another busy week for your Hamilton Tiger Cats. Luke Tasker and R.J. Broadhead have covered it all, and now we would like to hear from you. Email us anytime at gameday at gamedayatticats.ca. Subscribe to the Cats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.